There is hope for us yet We are young, we are aware I am Holly Whitaker There is no time for And I am Laura McCowan And this is Home I'm good. I'm uh, better after having the black plague or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the five week one. Ebola virus. Whatever, I guess. <laughs> I'm glad you're alive. I'm glad you're doing better. I did not get sick. I thought I was. There was a moment in time when I got back and I was certain that you and your daughter and Boston and all of that had. And the four flights you took. The four flights, the two trains, the bus, the five different beds in the four different cities would have gotten to me, but they didn't. I know. That's pretty amazing. It is, actually. It's um, nothing short of a miracle. And you're in your your new home. I'm in my new home. I'm at my mom's, and I'm here for – while I'm subleasing my apartment, and it Mm -hmm. is – Yesterday, my uncle came and picked me up and took me grocery shopping because my mom's out of town. And I know my life is cute. Um, and, and I and he was like, he was concerned because I had three bags of groceries and he wanted me to take them in. You know, I picked all three up at once and was carrying them into the house. And he was like, whoa. And I was just I had this flash of walking with four bags of groceries in my purse um strapped up to, to your apartment in my apartment and I was like this is nothing this is like and it just like life is easy life is so easy in Fresno California like there is yeah things are flat people have cars um there's washing machines that are you know in the same facility that you live in <laughs> I know you forget how um how different you live in the city uh, I think what did um it was I think uh not Jeff, but Matt of the Since Right Now podcast crew that said St. Louis is low resistance living. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's when they were saying that. I just was like, I mean, I melted. I was like, oh. yeah, that's that's right. I I have like half high resistance living, half low resistance living, living yeah. where I live and working where I live. Yeah, a hybrid. I have a hybrid, hybrid living. So yeah, that's nice. That is, that is a nice, a nice medium. I am all about easy as, as um, can be at this point. And but don't you feel like there was a point where you loved the difficult, oh, I mean, God. loved the difficulty of it. Like that's I loved, honor. yeah, I couldn't park. There was no, you always had to search for parking and really the turning point is when you have a kid, you realize all that all those <laughs> challenges are just so stupid and not necessary anymore. Yeah. Well, I just, I'm tired of, you know what I mean? Like I'm just, there was my, my, um, one of my friends and her boyfriend were at my house one time. And I mean, my, my apartment is the smallest thing you can imagine. Like the bathroom is it's, it's got like literally one square foot of floor space that you can stand in. And Uh my friend and her boyfriend were over and he was saying that I, my life was like extreme urban living. And, um, (laughs) it's just like, I mean, everything was like, you know, I'm on the seventh floor and if the elevator goes out and I, you know, I, every store is one mile away and it's uphill Mm -hmm. both ways, which, uh-huh. I'm not saying that just to make it sound hard. It's true. It's uphill both ways. <laughs> and like it's just yeah. everything. I mean, like there's just, you know, the laundry, I you know, my laundry situation, like they're re- they're scaffolding on my building. So 
they've like shut down the laundromat that's in the building. And so I've been going, you know, like three blocks to the laundromat with, you know, and I don't do my laundry that often. And so it's like yeah. three everything you own bags. Yes. It's like, I, you know, I feel like I felt not so much like this, like chic urban lady. I have felt like a pack mule for the last couple <laughs> of years. It's so, oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. So, um, moving on. Moving um, on. Yeah. So we were going to, there's a, there's, you know, do you want to do the announcement first or you want to recap Unite to Face Addiction? Or? Yeah. No, let's do announcement. Just one, but it's a good one. one. Yeah. Really exciting one. Go for Actually, it. Yeah, so uh, Laura and I are going to start uh, a, a secret Facebook group um, that is for women um, to essentially, which is going to be, I think we're calling it, you know, home, home mm-hmm. and which is just essentially a great way to start to put all of the amazing uh, women that we've come into contact with on this path in touch with each other in a place that is um, safe and in a place that is open for, um, for everyone to, to discuss, you know, all of the things, not just the stuff that comes up on, on the episodes, but just to discuss no. the things. Um, they need to talk about, right. Yeah. Have these, we've had a lot of people say, I wish I had somewhere to go. I wish I had, you know, I, and I, and I, we both wanted that too. So we're going to yeah. create it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I have to say, you know, Facebook is, I use it. I definitely use it to share things. Um, but I, I am, I'm just not a Facebook fan. And I, one of the things though, that I will say Facebook does really well is it provides this great medium and I'm sure they're collecting all of our information and Mark Zuckerberg knows everything about all of us, but still they have this really great feature of creating a secret page where it's um, not searchable. It's not accessible. It's, you know, the only way you can really get to it is if you are invited to it. And it is, it's a great forum to be able to, um, it, it's just, it's structured so well that you can really interact and engage. Yeah. And um, yeah. So, so yeah. And also it is, you know, I'm, I want to acknowledge that there's a lot of these types of groups out there and, um, you know, right. the intention is not just to create more noise or another silo, but really, um, you know, I was talking to Don Nickel who runs She Recovers and on the phone and we were just talking about how it's kind of like starting to, I mean, all these things mushroom up and eventually, mm-hmm. you know, the goal is that there will be just, you know, one big sea change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. No. And we'll post this week. We will post instructions on each of our sites on how to join and it will be, it's different than a private Facebook group, which you can find by searching it's secret. So you actually have to be invited, um, which is awesome because it's not, you can't see who's in it. You can't, you know, any of that. It's, it's truly private. And um, yeah, I'm psyched. I think it will be great. And, and other pieces, we're not going to, um, we're not going to be moderating it per se. Like no. it, it's, it's open for discussions for anybody to post um, anybody to make comments on others, anyone to really share. We're not going to moderate discussions, but I think what we'll do is eventually down the line have some kind of forum where we're both on, um, you know, a set time each month or something to be there, answer questions, chat, whatever. Um, so yeah, so look for that this week. And and then- one other thing too is I was gonna actually do this with my with my with hip sobriety. I had I'd run a group coaching program this summer that you were part of. Um mm-hmm. and a lot of the women that were in it um 
you know, when I was thinking about creating this for my clients and for all these, you know, women that I've come into contact with, a lot of them wanted to step up as, um, as moderators or community leaders. And so there will be, I have a list and we will be starting off, you know, with, you know, if it feels a little scary, you know, we're definitely going to be starting off with women that, um, are in there that are used to this whole, um, sharing, supporting, Mm -hmm. um, totally. Yeah. Yes. And then what's the second announcement? That's yours. Oh yeah. So I am removing after reading Austin Cleon this last week, I just got it in my head um, to remove comments on my website. Um, It's really funny. I mean, not a lot of people do comment and I've found that half of them are just, you know, there's that quote I posted on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, which basically said, only speak if you can improve the silence. And a lot yeah. of the comments that, you know, there's some that are just wonderful, but a lot of them really you know, don't improve the silence. Oh, don't haven't improved the silence. And I've, you know, I've, I've, I've ended up, um, deleting them just because my, my space, I I'm very protective of that space, my website, because I want it to be a place where people can come and not feel judged. And when I'm yep. sitting there trying to create a judgment free zone and somebody is writing me and saying, I should use the F word a lot less, or I, you know, I, AA is the root of all evil or, you know, it just, to me, it's just exhausting. And I think yep. there are plenty of places to have community and exchange comments, including this Facebook group we're creating, including my Facebook page. Um, but my website's just not, I'm just closing it down for comments. I just, yeah. I want it to be a place where you can go and not read, you know, not have to scroll through, you know, a lot of other people's thoughts. I want it just to be a, a pure forum. And so in exchange, you know, and I also have gotten to the point where I can't respond to emails anymore. Um, and so I, in exchange, what I'll be doing is I will be doing my own office hours once a month where I answer anybody's question. Um, I still have deer hip sobriety, which I don't get to that much, but I will be doing some sort of like once a month office hours and not to coach or give advice, but just to, if, you know, if anybody feels like compelled to really like, you know, to, to ask any sort of question Um, I feel like I want to at least provide, you know, um, a way for you to engage um, with me. And so, so yeah, so I'm going to be doing that. I'll be announcing that and the, you know, comments are going away today. I'm just, I'm taking them down today. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that because the point, the point is this, I want to be out here, you know, like we do this podcast, you know, I post on the blog, I put out a newsletter once a week and I just, I, I I get so exhausted sometimes by, by, you know, trying to really make sure that, you know, nobody ever protecting the space. Yeah. And also I'm protecting the space. And I just like, I have to, in order to be able to continue to do this kind of stuff that I think that I just value so much this time with you and this time, you know, on my site, I really want to, you know, I, I can't be pulled in 5,000 different directions. And, right. and so I, you know, this is very like drawing boundaries for myself and also mm-hmm. creating, you know, continuing to create what I want, you know, so that like, it's, you know, so that's a space that's actually authentic and true to, you know, how I want to communicate, which, you know, is, is, is how I think I support humans the best by being me. So right. he says no more comments. Um, Yeah. Yes, I support. So, okay. So those are the announcements. And then I think I just wanted to quickly do before we get into today's subject, which is is coming (laughs) out sober, like how you came out sober and what your experience was of it. Um, What are, so we were at Unite to Face Addiction last weekend in DC. And I think we just each wanted to share one thing 
that like our favorite thing of the weekend. Oh, we only get to do one. Okay. Yeah. I think otherwise we could talk about it for a long time and I don't know that people want that and I don't really want to talk about it for an hour. Okay. (laughs) I've got, can I do two? I'll make them really fast. Sure. Okay. So the first was just the community actually going there and meeting face to face, um, all of these people and now having, you know, this week I've, I've kept in touch with, with, you know, some of them and mm-hmm. like just having that, like, I don't know, there's something that just comes from actually meeting people face to face. And so for me, the first is that just knowing people on, uh, I know them, they're not just a handle on, um, Twitter, fa- yeah, Facebook or whatever. Yeah. And then the second is probably the, should be the first for me, which is, this is my cause, you know, like mm-hmm. I, you know, this, I, we were sitting there and we were listening to Joe Walsh, Joe Walsh yeah. mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he just went off about how, you know, and, and everybody that spoke had such great points, but he was, I was just sitting there in this moment and I was just so like stunned into like, um, you know, just remembering the root of this for me, which is, this is, this is our crisis. This is our crisis and this is our movement. And it is such a tragedy and so many suffer, so many suffer. And, mm-hmm. and our, you know, for, for how far we've come in so many different areas, it's just, it's disgusting where we are when it comes to serving human beings that suffer from addiction. And mm-hmm. so I think for me, the best part was just kind of reconnecting to that, um, the fire in my belly about changing this um, you know, not just changing and removing the stigma, but, you know, really changing the way that our society functions when it comes to dealing with addiction. So, um, yeah, 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 I walked away, um, kind of roaring. So, um, love it. You, you, what was, what was your one or or two? Yeah. I'm hearing you talking. Um, it's, it's interesting because I, I am very much like, I think Anna David said it in her, post on the after party magazine that she's not a gatherer. Yeah. Um, and I'm not either. I I don't, I don't do like big crowd rally type events. And, um, I just, it's not my, not my thing. I, um, I wouldn't say I'm much of an activist, you know, but although I do feel very passionately about several different things, it's just not the way that I have demonstrated, you know, my passion in the past for things. And, so to do something like that was, I did not expect much, honestly. I didn't even have a vision of what I expected. Um, so I'll do two things as well. One was, yes, meeting those people um, that I have talked to, been on their podcasts, uh, been on Twitter with, been on Instagram with, and meeting them face-to-face in like human, you know, human-sized <laughs> form was awesome and so special. And it made me realize like, how much changes in a year? I mean, I only started doing this a year ago in, in earnest and it, 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 it has changed my life, you know? So that was amazing. And then the second was, um, seeing that I was like part of this thing, you know, what, uh, like you said, I, you know, I, my mission has been very different than yours. It's not very different, but I didn't, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't start this to change the way people, um, the way addiction is treated. I started it to save myself. Like I started blogging to save my life and started writing about it to save my life and to, to get sober, you know? Yeah. So, um, it was really, I don't know. It was like going to 
something when you're right in the middle of the journey, you know, it wasn't so much a reconnecting to a purpose, but like, oh, I'm counting myself in, you know, I'm counting myself into this. So that, that was it for me. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I like, I never really thought about it in in that way about, about, um, about why you got into it. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's incredibly important and also allows us to kind of segue into today's wonderful and exciting topic. Yes. So we are going to talk about coming out sober. Um, and we have a few questions that we're each going to answer. The questions are when, why? First, really quick. Oh, what do you okay. mean coming out sober? Oh, like telling people in your life um, that you are not drinking, that you are sober, that you've made this choice, this decision. And, um, you know, family, friends, work, and the bigger universe of online, which is, you know, what we both did. What, yeah, so, so telling people um, yeah. outside of a meeting, you know, it, it publicly, um, which could be just your family, but what that was like, um, when we did it, sort of why and, and how, and then what our experience of it was, you know, and, and what people's reactions were. Um, and then what advice we have to give. I think we both were when Holly, the last night she was in Boston, um, we mapped out our editorial calendar for this podcast for the next several months. And we, we planned, both, we put, we actually planned and we put, <laughs> we put our podcast, we put our, um, topics. We each wrote down our favorite, you know, topics that we would want to cover on post-it notes and pin them up against uh, on my door. And, um, of the 50 plus topics, this was the one we agreed we wanted to do next. Um, because I think it's so, it's such a key, like integral piece to what we are both doing. And it's a really touchy subject for people, um, especially, well, there's a few different angles and I'll talk about that from like the experience of AA and it being, you know, anonymous, um, you know, at its core. And I think just the fragility around coming out to people in your life and how to deal with that and what, led to each of us deciding to do so. Yeah. So. All right. So I'm going to ask you a set of questions first. Uh, my lady. My lady. <laughs> so when, when, why, and, and how, how did you come out? Um, and I know we've covered this in past episodes, but let's pretend like we've never talked about it before. When, why, how? When, why, how? Um, so I, um, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a funny question for me because, um, I didn't like, I did come out on the internet. That was my coming out. But, um, for me, it was, um, there were two distinct times. And also, um, it was not like a, dis I, I guess I have to say it was not like something I was hiding or I even really, con it's, it's so hard to go back. It's really hard to go back because, you know, time, we recreate things in our head as time goes on and. Right. Our story becomes something it wasn't maybe. Yeah. And I, you know, I think for me though, it just, um, there wasn't like this there wasn't like this, um, there wasn't nervousness around it. And there were, and I'll get into that. There were a couple of, of cases where, where it was. Um, 
But I think like for me coming out the first time was because I was, I decided to quit as like, I was just decided, you know, to, I equated it in a, in a piece I wrote a while ago about, it just felt like the time I stopped eating meat. I was excited about it the first time I did it. I literally went out to a bar that night and met my friends that I wasn't drinking. A couple days later, my company had its annual fall meeting, which used to be just a shit show and yeah I and also the world series was on and San Francisco is in the world series that we are I'm almost positive um that I can't remember because I stopped paying attention to baseball when I stopped drinking and I just kind of was like yeah I don't drink anymore and and I just said like I just was like yeah like it was not a big deal and like I had and not like I can't drink I'm going you know I'm I'm sick you know it wasn't like this whole um, hey guys, I am struggling here. It was, yeah, I don't drink anymore. And, um, and I, you know, there were a couple of people that I had, you know, um, there were a couple of people that I was concerned about that it affecting like my, some of my closest relationships that were really forged deeply in, you know, in, in drinking. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the, I remember being trepidatious on those just because I think I was more concerned about losing the friendship than I was about, you know, telling him anything. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I just kind of did the first time, the first time. And I also was just really like, you know, blase about it. I was just like, this is what I'm doing, not drinking anymore. Right. And, um, and I didn't make a big fuss about it. Didn't call attention to it. I just kind of switched out my, you know, my, my whiskeys for Diet Cokes and my IPAs for Diet Cokes. And then. Did you, uh, did you, yeah. feel, did you think at that time you're done, done, done? Like, were you like, I could go back if I want to just because I make, you know, no, or I maybe I will. No, no, no. I know I couldn't. I know yeah. I could go back. I, knew I feel like that's an important piece, you know, of, of why maybe. Yeah, no, I knew I couldn't go back. I, I, I knew, I mean, I was, you know, I, I feel like I say this almost every episode, but I read The Easy Way to Control Drinking or to Control Alcohol. And I also, like, I, you know, the way I got to that decision was very, you know, as, as blasé as I was about it and as, as, like, you know, easy, you know, peasy as I was about it, the, you know, the things leading up to it were quite horrific. And so, mm-hmm. like, I thought I did believe when, like, I, you know, I, a couple of weeks before I stopped drinking, I had come home to be with my family and I was certain I had borderline personality disorder. And I remember sitting in a car with my mom and that felt like, I mean, I came out to her and I said, I think I have mental illness. Like, I think that I'm, I'm sick. And, um, and she held my hand and was so relieved because my, my behavior had been so erratic for so long. And we all bought a book, we all bought books. And my sister and my mom were just like, this explains it. You know, they'd been oh, walking God. on eggshells and, um, they're all the books about borderline personality disorder are called walking on eggshells. And it was just like, it fit my behavior to a T, but it also kind of fits the behavior of somebody that's, you know, deeply gone far into, you know, drinking. Yeah. yeah. And so I, um, but I just like that for me was like the heartbreaking coming out. And like, I called my friends when I thought I had borderline, you know, a couple of my friends, not all my friends. And I was like, it's mental illness. You know, that's what it is. I've been wondering you know, why I'm such a like fucking mess. And it just, this all makes sense. I've, got borderline personality disorder. And so that was like hard. That was hard. Um, but when I decided to stop drinking, it was because I had 
thought I had borderline personality disorder. So that was like the impetus to like really take it seriously. And then there's just these little things that were happening around me that were just like, I'm done with this, you know? And um, so I guess like it's, you know, I'll say like it was, I knew I was never going to drink again because I read that book and I was just like, Oh my God, I'm never going to drink again, you know, and I don't want to drink again. And Oh, like, who am I kidding that this is, you know, a way to live, you know, at a bar and, and having your life, you know, like every thought consumed by when, how much, where, you know, what are we like, you know, and having basically, you know, an alcohol centric life. And so, um, so that, and, and I just, I do have to say, you know, I have, have to juxtapose this with, I, I did start drinking again two months later I did go very far back down the same path. And then I stopped drinking for good in April of 2013. So that was 2012, October, 2012, this first time. And then in, yeah. in, in spring 2013, when I stopped the second time, I did go to AA. I was much more realistic with myself that, um, that this is a problem. Do, do you know, like it was, yeah. that, it, that it was not just, that it was it's not like a, not an off switch. Type. Yeah, yeah yeah and that this was very serious and that um and so the second time I you know and, and the first time I didn't tell my friends I had a problem I have to say that very clearly I did not tell anybody I was an alcoholic I did not run around like saying I have a you know like I have a disease or mm-hmm. I was you know I was just like I stopped drinking and that way when I started drinking again people were just like sweet she's back the second time I stopped drinking, I was like, guys, I can't, you know? And I, so had none of your, so had none of your friends ever said like you're nobody, uh, you have a problem. No one. That's That's the crazy part. And well, because nobody wants to fucking talk about it. My friends drank, you know? Well, right. Right. And so, you know, it was just, and I also was so okay. You know, I wasn't struggling. I wasn't like this typical picture that you get of like somebody that has been, you know, that's going to AA or that's like coming out of, you know, a deep, dark addiction. I was like, I was just on, I was like, I was living, you know, and I was happy. And I like, you know, and by all accounts, I was just like, and I was, I mean, that was the first time that was my experience was life was off the charts good. And I stopped drinking, you know? Yeah. I just, I called that out because I think it's so, it's one of the anxieties that people deal with is like, everyone is going to be so surprised. They're not going to believe me. You know, nobody was, no one was. (laughs) Uh, no one was nobody was surprised no it was like it wasn't that they weren't surprised it was like I mean it wasn't I don't know how to it it was just like they were I think more than anything they were rolling their eyes at me and waiting for me to start drinking again you know like that was that was it and that's why I have to tell the second part of the story because the first part was um, was like this, like, are you still doing that thing? And yeah. like, are you drinking tonight? Or are you not? And, um, it's and so like, funny drinking again, there was like so much excitement over it. Like she's back and, um, thank God, you know? And, um, so like the, like the first time it was kind of like not believed, I guess you're, I mean, it wasn't like they were talking to me about it. Like some people were like, you know, the reactions just like range, but for the most part, it was just like, Hey guys, I'm not drinking anymore. And, you know, and, and, you know, I'll get into the range of reactions as we go like down the line. Um, Yeah. But like, 
the most important thing to kind of ex express is that I just, because I didn't make it a big deal. Nobody else really made it a big deal. I just was, I was doing all the same stuff. I was hanging out with them. Right. You know, I remember this one night, it was like two in the morning. We, was at, we were at a friend's bar and that he, a friend owns a bar and it was closed. It was after hours and everyone was pouring whiskey and teacups. And I actually wanted tea in my teacup and um, and that, you know what I mean? There were like sticky yeah. things like really, or, and like, like just like disbelief that somebody would be drinking chamomile at two in the morning. But, um, <laughs> but there was no, there was oh no big, God. there was no big, it was no big deal. Cause it wasn't a really big deal to me. And then, and then I, I'll go quickly through this next part. The second time, because I had really faced it and, um, and really faced what, what a, you know, that I couldn't drink again. And that this was, this was something that, you know, I was really scared. I was really scared the second time. And yeah. And so, so when you were telling people about it, you were taking it more seriously and making it a little bit. You I wanted them to not, I wanted to not get the, are you still doing that fucking thing? I was so sick of that question. I was so sick of it being, you know what I mean? Just not being taken serious. And I was so sick of like the, like just the offhand shitty comments and, and like the, you know, and the belittling of, 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 you know, of a choice. Yeah. And so I was like, take it serious, please. I am sick. And so this time I went the other direction and I sat people down and I said, I'm an alcoholic and I can't drink. And I laugh at that because it, it feels so weird to even say that because I haven't said it in so long. But like I did, I was like, I'm an alcoholic. I go to AA. I cannot drink. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and this time, this was the annoying part. So everyone took it seriously that time. But this was the, like the, the thing that like, and I'll, I think this is worth talking about when we get into family, friends, and whatever, but holy fuck, the thing about it this time that was just awful was not that, you know, people took it seriously this time, but man, everyone and their grandma wanted to talk to me about it and wanted to tell me why they didn't have a problem um, uh -huh. or, yeah. um, or why we, oh, that makes sense. And I felt like, I mean, for me, this, this time coming at it from this angle, I was taken seriously. People did not force it on me, but people treated me so differently with kid gloves and people <laughs> um, also at this point started to tell me like why it was normal for them to um, like how they, how they just have higher tolerances or how right. they can take it or leave it or how they can drink four or five glasses a night. And it's just not a big deal. And this is why we're different because, and when I said that, when I went there, my friends who I had been matching drinks with or people that I had been matching drinks with, um, you know, like started to back away mm -hmm. and started to say like, well, this is, this is why I'm not like you. Well, it makes total sense though. I mean, of it makes, course it does, but it was, know. but it was, I have to say it was, um, oh God. I mean, it was just, it was probably, I wasn't expecting it and I hated it because yeah. first of all, it was either like this, I, I hate pity. I hate pity. And mm -hmm. I also hate being other. And I also like, just like, there's just certain things, you know, and I would be sitting around and I, you know, somebody's eyes would be half closed from, you know, their fourth glass of wine and they'd <laughs> telling me, um, like, um, you know, like I should think about doing, you know, this or telling me about their friend who's an alcoholic, you know, right. and I'd be sitting there and I just, I mean, it was just like, what the fuck, you know, like, what, like, how did we get to here of like everyone all of a sudden, you know, drawing the distinctions between. No, I know. 
So yeah, it's like when people, it's like when you get divorced or you get separated and everyone dumps their um, relationship stuff on you, either in one direction or the other, you know, it's like, oh my God, I, you know, I, my marriage is struggling too, or, oh my God, this is why my marriage is so great because it scares the fuck out of people. It does. You know, it's it does. really scary. So, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. I mean, you asked, um, why, um, why? Because I couldn't have not in any case. It just, for me, it was like, that's just, it's kind of my DNA to, um, you know, to explain to people, you know, um, what's going on with me. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, how, I mean, just nat- very naturally, and like there was only one or two like real um sit down conversations yeah my one of my girlfriends um there was just there was for some reason one of my girlfriends I was just very concerned about her and we're not we don't talk, I mean we're still I would still like I love her still and we, we talked on the phone recently maybe a couple months ago but like um she was so important in my life at that time both times I had a I did a I did do a special conversation with her the first time that I just stopped and the second time when I said I had a problem. Um, but for the most part, I just very naturally did it as, it, as situation, situationally. And then um, when just immediately, I mean, I didn't wait. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So. I love it. So I'm going to turn it back to you, which is, um, you know, when did you come out? Um, why did you come out and how? Yeah. How? Yeah. Um, okay. So the, as usual, we had completely different experiences of this. (laughs) Um, the, the most stark while you're talking is just my, even though I hung out with a lot of people who drank, um, all mostly actually all people who drink, drink and drank, I, I did stand out. Um, and not in a, like, in a super, you know, nobody wanted to hang out with me way, but it was, people were, you know, I'd had many people, um, or at least the people that knew me the best say things to me about just, you know, slow down or take it easy or, you know, last night scared me a little bit or things like that. And I'd had enough, I'd had a lot of those. So I was, um, nobody was like, shocked you know can I I slow you down there on that (laughs) uh what what was it because I mean I was by no means like the um the most contained one though I I mean nobody ever said you know like I mean I I, there were things that I had done like you know called people at three in the morning you know freaking out about stuff I mean people knew some things were going off the rails but but I didn't like I I was pretty good about hiding it but but also not I'm I'm curious of what right. things were. And it's not because I was like, you know, necessarily worse than you or something. It's just mm-hmm. how you, the way you act when you get really drunk, you know? And I think how a lot of that then? Uh, yeah. And a lot of people, you know, like Carolyn Knapp always writes, uh, wrote about how she, huh. no one could ever tell when she was drunk. She went inward, right? I went outward. I became more obnoxious, not always, but a lot of times more obnoxious. I would black out a lot. I would um, make my friends take care of me. I mean, I would clearly be so incoherent that they couldn't leave me places. So they would have to take care of me and get me home. I would, 
do really erratic things, you know, like fucking make out with someone I shouldn't make out with in the middle of the bar. Or um, when I was married, I would not come home. Or, you know, like I was time. Like, don't get me wrong. It was not every time, but it was a lot of times, enough times for people to say, okay, even amongst the group of us that is, that are all drinking heavily, I stood out, you know? And, and that's, you know, it's, that's what, when we get to the, in the story later about people's reactions, that's always interesting because like you said, you're turning the mirror on people a lot and not intentionally, but you're turning the mirror on people. And, you know, I, I now look at the way that we partied and hung out and basically socialized in a hundred percent of the cases. And it always revolved around alcohol, you know? So it wasn't that I was drinking like a absurd amount. Like I was, you know, it wasn't like I had been drinking all day and then we, and then I showed up at the party, although sometimes that happened towards the end, but it was more just what happened to me when I drank. Yeah. I couldn't stop ever. I couldn't stop. I always wanted it to keep going. Um, and I, it, it was scary to a lot of people. And especially, you know, from like the, the bystanders, sort of the people in like the outside the immediate circle, probably they didn't notice so much. It was like, I blended in. But the people that were the closest to me, like my husband, and my best friend, they were, because they were watching, you know, and they got scared, you know, enough times that it was like, this is a pattern. Like my husband be like, what happens? Because sometimes you're fine, but sometimes you just turn into somebody else. Um, so that's what it was. That's, that's, that was the difference. Um, thank you for that. Yep. So when, um, so when, so there was like a, a long series of, of coming outs for me. Um, the, the, when the first, when was not by my choice. I, um, it was at my brother's wedding and I had just gotten so drunk and put my daughter in a dangerous situation and my family witnessed it that I, so it wasn't so much a coming out as like a witnessing, you know? And then I had to uh, say, yes, I'm going to do something about that to them. Um, so it, that was the first real conversation that I had with people. Um, and that then prompted me to go to meetings and, you know, start to talk about it there and learn how to say, I'm an alcoholic. I I don't drink or I can't drink or whatever. Um, but those things did not come easy to me. It was not like you were, I was like, I don't drink, you know, I didn't say shit to anybody who didn't need to know. Like I didn't say, I told my um, my hu- husband, we were still married, but separated at the time because I wanted to take the heat off of me a little bit because it was a big cause for his concern that I was drinking, you know, when I had care of my daughter and he, he had said many times, he never said you have to stop drinking, but he said, you have to get that shit under control or I won't leave Alma with you anymore. And, um, And so I knew that that would like placate him a little bit to tell him that. I mean, honestly, it was half desperation of like, if I tell him I'm stopping drinking, it it kind of makes it real because he can never see me drink again. And we are friends with the same people. So he knows if 
if I'm out and I'm drinking at a party, he's going to know, you know, because we had the same circle of friends at that point. So it was a, it was like a telling on myself. And uh, it was, it was one of the hardest conversations that I've had to have about it because, um, because it made it so real and because there was so much pain tied to my drinking with him. And, um, and he was, you know, we'll get into the, what that was like, like his reaction later. But so there was that. And then, you know, it slowly started to, but I didn't stop drinking then. I mean, it's really important to say I didn't stop then. So I, I kept very close tally of who I told and who I didn't for like a year. You know, I knew, I, I immediately started to tell friends that had seen me drink, you know, my close friends in our circle that were, you know, friends with my husband and I, because they would either hear from him or I needed them to know, um, because I really wanted them to know that I was taking, doing something about it. Cause those were the people that were really concerned, you know, that had seen me, um, and that had been hurt by my drinking or affected by it directly. So I, so it was a small group of people that I started to tell, you know, my immediate family knew, but beyond that, I kept very quiet and it was very private for, um, for like a year and you know I started to um then I started to talk about it on my Instagram handle that I started my new Instagram at the time it was called clear eyes full heart Uh, yeah and, and I started to come out that way and that was immensely cathartic because I started to say the truth like to strangers and there was something very wonderful about having it be strangers that I was telling And I started to follow people here and there that knew me, um, you know, prior jobs or circles of friends, and they started to see little inklings of the, of that, you know, and then, um, and then slowly, like you said, very similarly, I never had like a sit down conversation. I did have a few very serious phone call, text conversations with friends that didn't live close to me that I really wanted to know. But it was, that was small, you know, the rest I just let happen situationally and organically. And I avoided, like my, as we've talked about before, my life did not continue as it was. I did not continue to go do all the things I did before. If I did, I usually drank and I suffered. So um, the work people were the last people to know because I kept that group. That was like my group that I knew I could still drink with. that didn't need to know they were separate from my personal life. And those were the last people that I told. And I never sat down and told those people or, you know, went directly to my boss. I just came out on, on Facebook and social media. And then eventually after enough times of having our beer cart on Thursday afternoons come around and me going, nope, you know, it seemed, it seems like, and I still don't know for sure, but the word just eventually spread, like Laura doesn't drink anymore. Um, and then I, of course, came out on Facebook, like you didn't mention that, but you came out on Facebook and that was like, I mean, once you're out on Facebook, you're pretty much out, out because there isn't a soul who's not going to touch that, you know? Well, I mean, we, we're going to get into kind of, well, I guess, yeah, I, I didn't get into that, and I should touch on that because I think that's important. But you, yours was not so long ago. I mean, you, Mm-mm. this was not, the, when was it? 
It was like, it was so, when I did the, um, yeah, it was in like in February. Yeah. It was February of this year of this year. So it was literally like six or seven months ago. It was not that long writing ago. writing and publishing posts. I had, when did so, you- but, but no one was, you know, I didn't have a, I had a readership of like dozens, you know, mm-hmm. there wasn't, nobody was really going to my blog. I just had it there and had it up for years, but yeah. I started yeah, I started publishing things and then I would take them down because I would get nervous about my husband who was soon to be my ex-husband or, you know, I'd have friends read it and say, oh, I don't know if you should do that. And, you know, so I, I went against the advice of a lot of people in my life that said, don't, don't do it. And I did it. I just started doing it. Um, and yeah, so February was when I really came out and um, said, I, and I posted it to my private you know, my personal Facebook account, not I fly at night. I came out with a picture of me that said I'm sober. And, um, because and it was how a, many months sober were you at that point? That was like uh, September, October, four. Okay. You yeah. know, yeah. barely sober, newly pink baby sober, but <laughs> I had been, but You've I had been, been on it for like, I had been trying for a year and a half yeah, before yeah. that, um, which is like the most important part. Yeah. And so, and I knew, you know, I, I, I have to say when I, when I came, started to come out to people, um, uh, publicly. And when I went, especially when I started that Instagram account and I started writing, I knew that I was doing it and I, that I might still be drinking and, and, and that I maybe didn't have this thing yet. And I did it anyway. And just so brave. Like I can't, I can't begin to even when I used to listen, when you used to post these things, like I drank again, I used to just like catch my breath because I just couldn't even imagine. I mean, Mm -hmm. I played it. I mean, I, even though I wouldn't say I played it safe, I will say, you know, I didn't talk about this shit until the shit, you know, I talk about my man stuff ahead of it getting fixed or while it's getting fixed. Right. But I wasn't ever, you know, like. Well, you're the one who told me to do it. (laughs) I know. Well, I know because I also feel like our stories are still like for me, like one of the most, I think, tragic parts of this was, um, I mean, I started writing the first time I ever wrote, I was maybe 30 days sober and I was, and and if you go back and you read the first thing I was, it was secret, it was anonymous. And I was talking about, I was still deeply, deeply bulimic. I was still smoking a ton of pot. I was still smoking cigarettes. I was still, you know, I still like hated my mom. I still hated my sister, you know, like my shit was jacked and I wrote about it, but I didn't write about it enough. And I remember when I started to pull this stuff out and I started to kind of come out with it. One of the things for me that was so important was like directing back to that. Do do you know what I mean? Like it was like going, Oh, right. Right. Because we time flies, we forget, you know, and things. And we just think, Oh, it's this, it was this way, but it wasn't, it really wasn't. So I was only posting occasionally. And I think when I, when you and I were talking, I was just like, the thing I regretted the most was not capturing enough of it as I was going through it. Yeah. Um, and, but it still was, to me, it would catch my breath when you would post, you drank again last night, because I mean, there was one thing for me that, you know, that just, I fucking hated was other people's opinions about my process. I got enough of it from I know. small, the few people that knew. And I just, I thought it was, 
I thought it was extraordinarily, I thought it was the bravest. I think you're like the bravest person I know. I really do because you are, you're just so honest about your path. And, and when I see, sometimes I will see those comments that would make me, you know, like pity is the last thing or somebody yeah. says, Oh honey, here's how you do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh God, unsolicited advice. Nothing is worse than that. And I, you know, I would read some of your comments and I would just like, I'd want to tear my hair out and I'd, I'd read your response and you're just so, I mean, I have to say this, I don't think it has anything to do with this conversation, but it's so amazing how you, well, maybe it does have everything to do with this conversation. You take what other people say in a very, very, like, it's almost like, it's almost like a soft landing. It's like, it just like, like almost like you absorb it and then you metabolize it. And then what comes out is always so even killed. And you have this really great gift of being so vulnerable. And at the same time, um, you know, being so like, um, you transmute the response almost into something lovely always. And so it was just like one of those things I would watch that and I would just be like, Oh my God, how does she? And then I was always just so impressed with, with how you did. I think you really showed us how to do it, you know? Thank you. I mean, obviously I wasn't consciously doing any of that. It was just like, (laughs) I'm saving my life. I'm doing the thing I know to do next so that I can keep going, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, obviously I wasn't doing any of that consciously. It was just, um, and you know, I, I had doing it, I was just doing it. And so I think, you know, the, the, um, the important thing was I came out saying that I am trying this, doing this without being there yet and not knowing if I would drink again and saying, I have to do this anyway, because, uh, I knew for me, this is the why I came out. Um, and why especially I came out on Facebook, um, is because I, there are a couple of reasons I wanted to, be able to very quickly, I realized the alchemy of being able, like, I realized that there's somebody newer to this than I was struggling more deeply than I was. And that's because of AA that I realized that truly, um, there's somebody newer than I was. There was somebody deeper in than I was. There was somebody struggling harder. And I realized very quickly the alchemy of being able to to take my pain, admit it, turn around and face that person and say, I know. And having whatever little amount of strength that I had give to them and that it came back to me tenfold whenever I did that. So it was for me, don't get me wrong. It was not altruistic, but it, but it, I recognized that very early and I got so much out of that that kept me sober. Like yeah. that's ultimately what kept me staying sober was not because I didn't want to disappoint people, not because I didn't, you know, I told all these people I was going to stay sober, but because it truly, I got, um, I got healing. I got relief out of being, out of sharing my struggle and, and giving it, giving whatever, whatever amount of strength that could be infinitesimal back to somebody who was struggling more than I was, because there's always somebody, you know? Yeah. So, so that was the why. And then also just total accountability. I mean, yeah. I didn't want to be fucking asked anymore to go out. I didn't want to be asked. I didn't, and I wanted to flip it 
so that I was like, this is my choice and I'm be, you know, and take it from a position of power. Um, and that, that was, you know, a lot of what was coming, coming out on Facebook was, is just like, this is, this is mine now and I own it. And, you know, so much of the things we see, like, I was so devastated that being sober was like the least cool thing ever that I would be so boring and that this was, you know, but I know, like, I know that I'm cool. Like, I know that, my, you know, like I know my, and, and that sounds like such a queer thing to say, but it's like, I know I like myself. Like I love the shit that I love. I, I know that I'm an interesting person. I know that I've got all kinds of layers and if someone could say, oh my God, I, she's not, you know, I, uh, part of the reason I loved looking at like artists or writers, especially that are sober, Stephen King and Anne Lamott and, and um, Mary Carr and the list goes on and on and on of these people that I deeply admire. And to say that they're sober was like, well, fuck yeah, I, there's nothing lost, you know? And if I can, show people some of that then awesome yeah you know? yeah I knew, you know it's so funny like we said this and I don't think we talked about it too much but I think we said at one point when we were at that thing on on the Saturday night with all the sober bloggers and it was just a room full of people I think you and I might have said at once something like what would it be like if this room was just drunk at this point you know oh my god but I was sitting around and I was thinking like I was in my, I was with my people. I mean, it was like, mm-hmm. it was kind of in this space of like, these are fucking rad people. And you don't think, I mean, e- even I have stereotypes about it. You know, even I, who am trying to break the stereotype, still have a stereotype about it. And I was sitting there in this room and I had this great realization that these were the people I would have chosen to get shit faced with. These were my people, the ones that went to the far end of the spectrum, the ones I used to seek out when I was- They're your tribe that you would like. Yeah, that you would want. Exactly, but they've got the same stuff in them that was of my prior tribe. They're just on the other side of it now. So I was like- I was, yeah. candy. I was like with my people, like the, you know, the mm-hmm. ones that I gravitated to my entire life. Or I, or not even that I gravitated, that I wanted to be around, but yeah. even wasn't, you know, like yeah. they're like the coolest school kids. I know. Not even just like. Can we talk yeah. about the guys from Clean and Sober? Yeah. It was just, yeah. the whole time. Well, I, was like, I think we'll have a whole pot, a whole podcast dedicated to a love, a love letter to Chris, Matt. And Jeff. And Jeff. Yeah, oh. just like fantastic. Like the, I, I don't think I have been like so excited to be around people in a long time. They just had I this know. like this chemistry and this hilarity and this like, you know, I mean, I, it just, the whole thing was just a very big check of, and, and not only that, it wasn't the first time I realized that. I mean, going through this and the, the women that reach out to me, the women I've come to know, on this side, you know, you included, I mean, I just like, I couldn't even, but like, you know, the women that I work with, the clients, the people that reach out to me and, you know, become right. friends through the people that struggle on this side tend to be the big ones. They tend mm-hmm. to be like people that come this far and then go through this and bring it and fix it and do the work that they're doing. And well, on they're side, interesting. The yeah interesting and layered and huge and so yeah totally I mean I yeah I'm so excited because I know like I I know exactly what you mean because I you know haven't you always wanted to be around people who've gone through some shit because they're always so much more interesting usually way more compassionate not judgmental you know fascinating have amazing stories and depth to them and that's like 
that's who you get to hang out with if you get sober. And my friend Jenny said that to me. I've talked about her a lot, but she's my friend from Colorado from college that um, I basically learned how to drink and do drugs with her. Um, and she got sober six or seven years before I did, but she would tell me she'd gone to this dance, you know, like sober people have some kind of rave or dance. And I was like, oh my, in my back of my head, like that sounds so lame. That sounds so embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for her. And then I was like, why, why is that so fun? And she's like, because these are the best people ever. You don't understand Laura. Like these are your people. And she was totally right. Yeah. Um, that's true. All right. So circling it back. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was a big reason why I came out too, is because I want to like, you know, I, I didn't want to be one of the people that like, that kept it tucked away because what good was that going to do? Like for someone, you know, it was like uh, the whole, write the book you need to read, make the art you need to see. I was making the thing that I needed to, that I needed yeah. when I, when I was getting sober. So um, okay. So those are the first, those are the first questions. And then we have a sort of second part to this. So the second part of this is just, I think it's a really important thing to draw distinctions between what it was to come out. You know, I think, I think from, from somebody that's listening to this, that maybe hasn't, or that is just on the verge of it. I think like, it's really interesting to kind of think what it's, what the difference is between when you come out at work to your work friends or your uh-huh. work life, when you come out mm-hmm. in your social circle and also, you know, your experiences coming out in your family. And then also like, take that one step further because we are now in the digital age and most of the things that we communicate that are big in our lives, um, you know, what the difference is between coming out on social media. And so, you know, I'm going to just let you kind of like play with all of that, which is just to discuss the differences for you in terms of work, friends, yeah. family and online Laura. Okay. So as you're asking this, of course, I'm thinking like, these are like five different episodes in and of themselves, like family, friends, you know, which we've talked about, um, work and, but we'll, so I'm in the interest of not making this a three hour episode. I'll, I'll kind of touch on each of those groups at a high level, um, and talk about the difference in coming out to them. So Work was a special animal um, because work to me had been a place where I had always been very closely linked to drinking um, because of the industry that I'm in, in advertising and marketing, um, it, there's just a lot of drinking. You know, it is like the Mad Men thing is not just a TV show. It's totally accurate in a lot of ways, except for like the grab ass of the man, you know, grabbing the secretary's ass. Um there's just a lot of partying. I mean, every Thursday at my company, they have a booze boat that comes around and goes to everybody and offers them drinks. That is totally common. And um, so coming out to work was my last, the last group I came out to. And it was the most subtle because I never had any, there were a couple people who I was very close with at work. Um, close such that they are my friends outside of work too, um, that I told, you know, and that knew my journey before it was public and knew it before I was fully sober and, and all of that. So those are people that had already kind of known what I was going through, but the rest was, um, was 
a very more subtle and, you know, I don't sit there and have conversations about it with people at work, but they all pretty much know because I have been so vocal on Facebook and I don't drink. Now I have to say, because work is so, my work life has changed. My relationship to work and the people at work has changed so significantly since I stopped drinking because work used to be, I used to be as close with the people I worked with as they were just as much a circle of friends as um, my circle of friends, you know, like I, and I know you were very similar, like when you were work, like you spent a lot of time at work. And when I started to get sober, I put a, a line there and that I would have thought to be, you know, I don't know, like kind of standoffish or something um, in a prior life, but it was just what was necessary for me. Um, because I stopped going out to happy hour. Like I do not, I don't go do that, um, anymore. I do if there's like a big thing that I feel like I want to go do, but so that was, that was my coming out and experience. And, and honestly, nobody at work has had any public reaction to me, um, or had conversations with me about it there. If anything, it's a little like avoided and, um, we don't talk about it there at work. And if it comes up, you know, people don't ask me if I want to drink on the booze boat. So everybody kind of knows, but, um, that was the, the area where I chiefly said, I do not give a fuck anymore what people think. And, um, that was a big, huge shift because I definitely did give a lot of fucks. Um, so that, that was work. Um, family, family, like I said before, sort of, they, they knew first because of the circumstances. And um, so there was nobody in my family that I had to go off and tell uh, my dad because he wasn't at my brother's wedding. I told him, but he had already had a conversation with me months prior and said, your relationship with alcohol isn't normal. I have to tell you that as your father, I'm not telling you what to do, but it's not, a, it's not a normal, healthy relationship. And this is someone who has who got sober when I was 15, stayed sober for 10 years and now drinks again and seems to be okay. And so that I don't even, can't even go into all the intricacies of that and nuances of that situation and how that kind of messed with my head. Um, other than to say, when he said that to me, I believed him, you know, um, other, you know, aside from that family, like extended family and stuff, those are the situations that are the most tricky, I think, because um, it's very hard to, I drank with my family, they were like my favorite drinking pals, you know, so while they never questioned or said, you know, no, you don't have a problem, are you done doing that thing? Are you, um, are you okay to drink? Or are you, you know, they never, they are probably petrified of me drinking. And if I did, it would be like, call 911 immediately or something. Um, it still changed our relationship significantly um, and not negatively per se, but different. Um, so there's, that's family. Friends, 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 friends. Oh my gosh. Um, I've, I told friends in waves. I told friends, uh, there were a few, like I said, circles, the friends that I told directly there were a few that I told because I didn't, you know, I knew my husband were probably would say something to them anyway. There are a few people that I didn't tell and I just let the news creep to them. 
And this was the area where I truly had to let go the most of what people thought because it just didn't matter. Like it just wasn't going to help to hear all the reactions. I didn't really want to know. In a, in a lot of ways, I didn't, I knew that there were stories out about me out there. I knew that there was like painful situations that I never talked about, you know, at weddings or showers. Um, that I will get through through my amends and that have since, or, you know, that I just know have been, are, are like fine now because I have stopped drinking. Um, and for a lot of people, you know, I, I was the most deeply concerned about telling friends because I didn't want to be X'd out of the tribe. And I think this is such a deep part of what we're talking about today is there's, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert, um, set, she posted this awesome Facebook rant or essay. Hated. Um, you I hated the it. one about tribes? Oh God. Yeah. Why? Um, because she was, I think it was her deliverance of it. Oh, um, uh, okay. Like people, I just figured this out. And- yeah. 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 I mean, it's not, it was 0% her thought, right? She just came across this body of work and I and I will find the actual person who did the body of work she was just transcribing it from her own point of view yeah but it was something that I knew but I didn't really I had never thought about it that way before that like we have a yeah our the reptilian part of our brains are for generations and generations generations like we are closely link our our own safety to being part of a tribe. And when we are threatened to be X'd from that tribe, or we purposely put ourselves out of it, it is not just uncomfortable. A lot of times it's too much. It's, it's deeply painful. It it threatens, I mean, it threatens everything, right? It threatens everything. And right. Like evolutionary speaking, we survived because we, you know, we gathered stayed in the tribe, other Mm -hmm. human beings. And, you know, that's how we survived. And Right. It does. It does. It gets to, I mean, feeling, feeling like you're not part of what you were part of before, I think is probably one of the more threatening things that can happen to you. And it's, and it's also, you know, on a lighter note, it's sad and it's depressing and it's, you know, I'm not going to be invited to these things anymore. Or if they do invite me, I'm going to be awkward and make them feel awkward. Or if I don't get invited, I, you know, wonder why and, and, it's it created a total shitstorm of analysis on my end about you know you see things happen on Facebook that you never knew about or yeah I had that you would have been part of you know absolutely can I I just say really quick I think that's such an important point to make because I think like a lot of us drink for an identity, you know, I think so yeah. many of us like don't feel like we belong to begin with. And like, for me, drinking was now I belong now. I don't totally like on the outside. And I think like, it's kind of one of, I mean, what you're saying is it's, it's a, it's one of the biggest things that you can comprehend, which is that is no small thing. That is no small Fuck thing no. One on the outside when, you know, because of the thing that was actually, you know, like, like, basically, it's like your, your, you know, your VIP pass got shredded. And now you're yeah. on the outside, you know, looking in and it's, it's 
oh, it's, it's massive. It's massive. I mean, and for someone like me who lives, you know, I don't live near my family. I, my mom was here. She's now moved. I, my friends are my family. You know, my friends were my everything. I mean, the, and, and when you get divorced, you know, then they were aside from my, my own little family, my daughter and, you know, I had a bang and social life. Like it was a really big, big social life. I was not, I was the center of a lot of, I brought a lot of people together. You know, one of my friends, um, always said, you know, you're like the hub that brought all these people together. And I say this, I, I, I say this not to say like, this was how great I was or whatever. It was, it's more like, I always thought when I got sober, like that people were talking about, you know, how hard it was for them that they, it wasn't actually that hard. Like you couldn't have been as integrated into a social group, as integrated as I was. You couldn't have had, you know, the number of awesome friends that I had, and you couldn't have had the same parties that you were missing. And you couldn't have had the same, you know, traditions that you did together and your trips to Nantucket and your, um, you know, all of those things. Like I thought it, it wasn't, nobody could have, it couldn't have been as painful, right? Well, it was, you know, so I'm saying that to say it was, you know, I had a deeply, like a big social life with a lot of awesome things. And it wasn't all tragedy at the end. I was still invited to everything. Can I just ask you to clarify, are you saying that nobody, that you had the best social life out of anybody that's ever gotten sober? I did, Holly. Really? (laughs) (laughs) In my mind, of course I did. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Shut <don't> up. Think- <laughs> no, I'm saying it's just funny because I truly like had this belief when I came in that okay, nobody really suffered. Okay, thank. You. I was just like, I wasn't sure if that's what you, if you were trying to prove the point to everyone. That no, you, that, you, that you've lost the most out of anybody that's ever done sober. And I was just like rock stars. But anyway, okay, keep going. No, I'm just saying in my mind, it was a massive I get it. No, okay, loss. I totally get it. I get it. I get it. I do. Um, and I think that's just to show how, you know, our, friend, our, our friends are not often just not friends. They're a deep part of our circles. They're identity. You're, it's you're how we identify, especially those of us, like, I mean, from like, you know, that have gone off to like on our own, you know, like that are really highly independent and that have gone to go, you know, like my, my friends were my, you know. I wasn't that close to my family. My friends were my family, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I had a book club that we'd done for 12 years. You know, there, there's a lot of things and all, every single thing involved alcohol. There is seriously no activity that my friends did that didn't involve alcohol. As sad as that is to say. So how does this tie in, like to kind of rein it in? So how does this tie yeah. in to coming out? Like how, so. Okay. So, so it was very situational and individual and, I didn't try to get to everybody. I stopped. I mean, there were a lot of people that would have probably considered themselves good friends of mine that found out on Facebook, you know, it's like finding out you got engaged on Facebook. Sorry. I couldn't, I, I just had to do it. And, um, and that, you know, their, their, the reactions there. Um, I don't know if we can even get into all the reactions. No. Well, we kind of have. I mean, I'll just say, I'll just say that they were, they were mixed. You know, I, there wasn't, I, I, I didn't have any friends unlike you that were like, are you done doing that thing yet? Because nobody questions that I probably should do it. I, I, they just didn't. So that's funny. And there's a joke in the rooms about, about that. It, like we joke about it a lot. You know, there, there's people who said, who 
are, you know, get the question, really? Are you sure? And there's people that are like, oh, of course, obviously. So I was one of the, of course, obviously. And then um, and there were people that were supportive and very supportive and made their, went out of their way to hang out with me and do still. And there are people that just drifted off and that's okay. Like all of it was okay, but it was very, very hard. Um, that I would say of the four circles of people, you know, online, friends, family, work, the friends for me was the most difficult. Yeah. So what about you? What about, um, I think we want to talk about, because you didn't really talk about, you know, coming out on Facebook and I think that was a big deal. And then, um, you know, your sort of your experience the with each of those. between those. Yeah. 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 I mean, like very similar to you, my work was like my, I mean, I was so invested in the company I'd worked that I, that I was at at the time when I came out. Um, and I was, you know, I was, I was working, you know, a lot, I've, I've not been shy about talking about how my, addiction to work fed into my addiction to, um, alcohol and drugs and food. Yep. But, um, yeah, so my work was my life. And, and, and I mean that in like the most literal sense, my work was my life. Like my, you know, my closest friends were people that I worked with. Like when I quit my job and I couch surfed, I mean, primarily I stayed on the couches of people that I had worked with. And, right. you know, I was, I went on trips with these people, like my staff, um, my, the, the people that were actually working for me or under me were, um, you know, people that, you know, I had close, close relationships with, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like my mm-hmm. work was my life. And so, um, and it was a highly drink centric culture. Um, we were all very young. It was startup culture. It was San Francisco, New York. Like we were based out of San Francisco and Manhattan, DC, Boston, Chicago, like every you know major city you can imagine um, was where we were seated. And so, right. and then the beginning, it was just Manhattan and San Francisco and our culture was just like, we worked our asses off and we also, you know, had a lot of fun doing it. And so, um, you know, coming out in that, like, it just was, I, it's kind of hard to explain, but I just like, I guess I'd have to equate it to everything else, which was just, I kind of stopped and turned and walked the other direction. Yeah. And I just like, I don't know how to explain it. There was like, there was a softness to it because I still was smoking a ton of pot. And I just remember being at one of these work parties and one of my friends, he was a doctor, came up to me and he was like, how the fuck? And I just was like, oh, I'm so stoned right now. Don't worry. You know, (laughs) like, and I'll be going outside in 10 minutes to smoke another joint. So I'm fine. And he was like, okay, good. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like, um, it was just, for me, the work thing was, I just kind of, like, I was the one that was before, like, at work, I was the conduit. And it was really funny, because just a couple weeks after I stopped drinking, actually, um, I, you know, I stopped drinking at a company event. I stopped drinking, and, like, my last night, just shit-faced, was at a company event in Austin with, like, you know, hundreds of people that I loved and adored. And then a couple weeks later, I threw a keg party at our, at our headquarters for my, for my team. And for like, I can't remember for who or for why, but I just very distinctly, you know, I, and I was the one that was organizing the flip cup and you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I know, I know. And it was just so funny because I was like, Oh no, I I don't drink, you know? And so, um, (laughs) it was just like, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but I just was so resolute in what I was doing um, that at work, it was just kind of like, I, I stopped and went the other direction. But the important thing to, to understand is that, because I worked in healthcare, and I worked at a very progressive healthcare company that 
you know, we had, I won't get into it, but I worked at a very progressive healthcare company. And the, the difference for me was that I actually, because I, I was, my job at the time was I was the director of our revenue cycle management. And my job was to figure out how to like, was to figure out reimbursements with insurers and making sure that like, um, that we were paid for our services and without going into a bunch of healthcare mumbo jumbo, the, you know, healthcare is changing to start to be paid for outcome. And so one of the things that I had recognized really early on was how much our, you know, our patient population was being, was, you know, essentially our, our sickness and what we were losing money on was, was not the typical things. It wasn't, you know, heart disease or diabetes. It was, you know, depression, anxiety, insomnia, and, and addiction. Yeah. And, so for me, it was just I being in it and seeing the way things were moving and where healthcare is going. I really quickly kind of decide, and and not only that, seeing how it had fit, how like I worked to progress healthcare and I wasn't served by healthcare. I started talking at work, and not just a, this is like what's going, you know, like I don't drink. I started talking at work like, hey. I had a very big problem with drinking. Hey, meditation helped me. And I tried yeah. to get my physician there to um, help doctors understand, you know, where the failing was and, and how to like, and, you know, and, and what it looks like from a patient perspective that suffered addiction. So at work, it was a little bit different because I kind of made my, my, th- my issue known even more than I would have in my regular life because I was so of what you did. Yeah. Yeah. And also it fit, it fit into what you do, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I pushed my last position there. My last role there was, was an empat was, was, um, you know, was working essentially to do the, like to, to, to figure out some way to bring forth what I had figured out on my own into, into primary care. And, um, you know, and so, you know, work was really different. I wore it on my sleeve and, and I was, you know, and, and not only that, it was also different because I was still taking my staff out for drinks and, you know know what I mean? And then I would leave them to go out into the night and I would be, you know, in Manhattan getting a massage at 10 PM at night. Well, you know what I mean? It was just like, work was different. Work was weird, but it was easy. It wasn't hard. It was never hard. Work was, work thing was never hard. Yeah. And it was never like, you know, it just, it wasn't. And not only that, I got to really take advantage of, I got to really take advantage of my own personal experience to start to make it better. Yeah. And friends, I mean. That's empowering. It was, it was, I'm trying to rush through this because we're running out of time. I'm going to take my time. Fuck it. Um, yeah, work was empowering and it's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. And if there was one thing that I can be grateful of, it was that I worked in a healthcare organization that was progressive and I got to work alongside people that really gave a shit about changing like patients' lives. Yeah. Because if I hadn't done that, if I hadn't worked there and I hadn't like I was able to come out to all these people I worked with and talk openly about something that most people hide. And, you know, like, so because of that, because I worked where I worked is why I'm doing what I'm doing now. I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was tremendously impactful and, and I was, I was so supported. It's it, like, I can't even begin to tell you how supported I was. And yeah, so, that's awesome. Um, you know, and then there's, you know, like my family, my family's like, like I, I said, when I, like, I think I wrote one time about how, when I came out with about not smoking pot it sounded like this meep and that's like what it sounded like <laughs> family it sounded like meep. um they just instead of like bum, 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 yeah or, or like, like kapow yeah like meep. yeah <laughs> they're just I don't I mean I can't even explain it like there's just like 
I mean, it's, I think it's, I th- I'm not even sure my family knows <laughs> that I don't drink. <laughs> they don't care. No, they don't give a fuck. Um, my, I have one family member and he's, you know, and he doesn't drink. And um, he, and my, you have one family member? One family member that doesn't drink. My uncle doesn't drink. And he's yeah. such a badass. God, I love that man so much. And we just, we talk about it and we kind of, la- I mean, we laugh about it. We both say, you know, when we get our cancer diagnosis, I'm like, I will be, I will be at the marijuana dispensary, you know, and like, it's just, yeah. you know, we talk about like, you know, like if the world was ending tomorrow, would we, you know, but like, it's not like, um, I don't know. It just, whatever. Your family, your family wasn't right. a big deal. I think the yeah. key difference there, and, and this is really, I think, important to people because our families are our primary tribe usually. And my family is a drinking family. Like that was what we did together in not in a gross way, but that was what we did. So for me not to drink was very uncomfortable to be around my family at first because it was like, how do I be? What do I do? What? Ah, I don't know what to do. What wine in my hand? Like that was the thing. And, um, you know, in, in a lot of people's experience is that, and a lot of people's experience is, um, like yours where it's like, yeah, but my family is a drinking family. I mean, like, I don't want to talk about my family's drinking habits, but um, I mean, my family is 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 definitely a drinking family. I mean, everything that we've ever done has been, you know, like our, you know, Christmas mornings were mimosa mornings, and our, yeah. you know, our Thanksgiving was, you know, I mean, we we I, I drank with my family. I mean, I got drunk with my family when I was I started drinking with my family before I was of age, and. Um, I think one of the differences is that, um, and I, I just, I'm not going to go into what my family's drinking is like. I'm just not, it's just not something that I'm at liberty. Well, to I'm not about, asking you to. I know. And I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying you are, I'm just saying, it's just, I'm sitting here going through my mind about how to even explain it. And what I will say is that my closest family, my mom, and my sister, um, have both been, I mean, I couldn't ask for you know, I couldn't ask for more supportive. I don't even know how to say it. Like it's, it's, you know, they, they supported me in their own way. And, and also they just have shifted along with it. Like we just don't, you know, my mom doesn't drink as much as she used to. She never drank to begin with, but I mean, it's just less and less and less important, you know? And they're just like, we just don't, you know, like in my immediate close family, we just don't drink that much anymore. And I think it's because I, I kind of used to push them into drinking, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you all, you all just do it. You know, I think it's, it's one of those unspoken tribe things that you're like, okay, we're going to do this. You know, we're going to do this. We're going to go this way. We're going to go this way. So. Yeah. But my extended family, I mean, I I grew up in a family that drank, you know, I mean, I, I, I've lost many, many family members to um, alcohol. Yeah. I just, you know, um, so that's, you know, family. And then, uh, the other one was, oh yeah. Friends. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not the friends thing. I think I've, I've talked about plenty, but like, you know, the difference again, I think I can encompass all of this in, you know, one in, in saying it one way is I just did my own thing, you know, and I kind Mm -hmm. of like, I let the chips fall where they may. And my friend's reactions, you know, it evolved over time. You know, I lost, like, I've written about this and I've just said, you know, immediately there were ones that just went away, you know, like, just like you felt it. And those were the ones that I drank with the most. Right. And, you know, and some of the ones, you know, came closer, like my, you know, my best friend, Anna Lee, I, she was, I call her my wife. We lived together for years and 
she, <laughs> um, she and I had struggled pretty, she lived in San Francisco when I stopped drinking and we just never even really hung out anymore. And then when I stopped drinking, she was, she was so curious and she was so supportive and I like where there had not been room for her before, you know, all of a sudden, like there just, it just, there was room and she and I, you know, it's just, she and I, we are closer than we've ever been. And she, yeah. you know, she came closer and some of Didn't my oldest- you feel, I have to ask because it's, you're just made me think of it. Like, weren't you, did you feel like, and I know the answer, I think, but more than anything, you're like, you didn't, your relationships were, um, bound by drinking or that they were, that you drank, you know, I, I mean, I drink with my friends more than any other group, I guess. And so it was like interesting to see what happens to your relationships once you remove the alcohol. Yeah. Well, one of my, one of my best friends, I, you know, from college, I was there on her 21st birthday and I don't, I don't know, like, it's hard to explain when, where it went. I mean, there's this really, there was this like hilarious time when I was in the middle of, you know, when I was pretty low and I was drinking a lot and I met her for dinner on a Tuesday night and I texted her like, see you tonight. And we got there and she said, I didn't want to tell you this but we had planned to meet for dinner on Thursday. Mm. And when you texted me tonight, I just made it work because I was afraid I would never see you again because oh I had been, well, no, because not because I was going to die, but because, I mean, it was funny. Like it was just, I was <laughs> cause you so, weren't drinking. Yeah. Well, I was so, I mean, I was also consumed by work, but I was so fucking out of it. I just was like, I mean, I was so consumed otherwise, you know, mm-hmm. that I just, I wasn't there, you know, and so it's kind of hard to explain what happened between us, but like we went to dinner and our, our friendship was forged over drinking and we went to dinner recently and I had a- even asked her at some point, like, are we not friends anymore? Cause I'm sober. Like, what is it? And we went to dinner, uh, like a couple months ago and I was watching my clock. I mean, this mm-hmm. is somebody I used to not get enough of and I could just, you know, and I, I sat there and I literally was like, well, I got to go. Well, we'll see each other again. And I just kind of knew oh, we're probably not going to see each other again. And right. the interesting thing with that was I just, I still can't figure out if it was alcohol or if it was just that we grew apart, but that's yeah. kind of the thing that's really beautiful about this is like, what, okay. I, what I can say is that it's representative of the whole, which is that it just allowed me to free myself from relationships that otherwise would not have existed had, you know, had we not had this very one thing in common, which is getting shit-faced and mm-hmm. red wine and, you know, and girls night out and, you know, wine club or whatever the, you know, like the, yep. the thread that held so much, so much of my life together was drinking. And when I cut that out, what, what it got to do is it was like, Oh, I actually like you and I can carry a conversation on with you without being drunk. And we have more to talk about than what stupid thing we did last night. And, you know, and there's more to our lives than, you know, and, and so that kind of was, it was just like the, the defining was really, were we friends or were we just drinking buddies? And some friendships, you know, yeah. yeah. And then not only that, there's, there's one other part to this too, which is it's also really painful to other people and um, who are, who might be struggling with their own or it's, or people that just don't understand it or don't know, you know, like there's just so much around it. And there's some friends that did go away that without it being so boring or without us not having it, they just kind of went away just because 
they I don't that's, know I don't well, know it's but that's you know part of it is just relationships evolve you know they change well, but I will say but I wanted to finish that thought was saying but I don't know if they're gonna come I mean there's just like my best friend from some from, from when I was 14 years old 13 years 13 years old I was the godmother of her child, you know, and we don't yeah. talk anymore. And I just don't think that that's the end of the story. I just don't. And I don't, right. you know, and I know it's because I went in a severe path one way. But that's kind of, you know, I mean, all of it is just to say my reactions from friends, you know, they were a big deal at first. They were what I focused on at first. I was watching, you know, Facebook to see if I was left out of something or you know what I mean? And I did feel that like sense, but at the, for the most part, I just like was so consumed with, with really figuring out who I was and so committed to my, my path that even though they're, you know, they, they changed dramatically and painful things happened and blah, 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 blah. But for like, I, I, I'd say that like for my friendships and all the different reactions, they, they range in every possible way. But for the most part, today I, I mean I'm friends with who I'm friends with and you know and yeah I'm not you know what I mean it's been a couple of years and like it's you know the dust is settled and I'm just like I I guess I'll, I'll, what I can say is it's just been like I don't know I, I don't even know how to answer that it's like that's we did an entire <laughs> episode on friends we'll do an, another entire episode on friends at some point but yeah you know they ranged from the dict to the to the you know to the kind to the annoying to the comparative to the yeah falling off the face of the earth to the, you know what I mean like like they ranged based upon what that friendship was like and today I will say you know I have I have the best friendships that I've ever had in my entire life and the most truest well, friendships and yeah it's it's like you don't it, you, you there has to be a degree of letting go of outcomes for sure in all all of these areas but for me especially with friendships because um it doesn't matter. Like I, it, it, like I said, at some point you're, you realize you're saving your life. You're living, you're doing what you're doing so that you can be free. Right. Yeah. And so people's reactions are just their reactions. And that's probably one of the most um, freeing, you know, lessons of my journey thus far is it's just not personal. I mean, yeah. what yeah. I, it's not personal and what I, um, and also that it's okay. Like I wouldn't, things, you know, uh, rifts with my friends or disagreements with my friends or troubles or um, friendships breaking apart when I was drinking, which is to say most of my life, where I couldn't tolerate them when I was drinking. And now it's okay because I'm more peaceful myself. I understand and have more compassion. I know that it's not personal, that everybody is really going through their own personal struggle, you know, and it's not about me. So yeah, uh, yeah I think, and nor, nowhere is that more apparent than, than with friendships. And, um, it, you know, it's very similar to how I experienced getting separated and divorced. It scares people. They have a variety of reactions. Some people think it's contagious. Some people are threatened by it. Some people are drawn closer to you. All, you know, the re the reactions vary. So widely. Um, but in a, in a short amount of time, it, it has worked itself out. And I am always continually amazed and delighted to see what friendships resurface or, you know, are kindled by this versus what I've lost, you know. 
Yeah, no, and um, I'm afraid we've gone off on a far tangent. Um, so just to kind of rein it back in, like coming out with friends has been like it's. Um, I think for the most part, I think what you said in just this last part, where I think the biggest takeaway is that it's actually like the my lessons in coming out sober with and being sober in my friendships has done like it's transformed me from somebody that used to be at the mercy of what other people thought Uh, yes of of being of being accepted and fitting in into somebody that lives you know I mean I where I used to before live and die by what my friends thought and I was I felt like I was constantly repairing um, or constantly monitoring or constantly something there was always somebody I was annoyed with or you know, annoyed it's with you or right being so not just so self. I'm not. It's not self-absorption, but it's more of self-possession. Self, self-possession, yeah, and and owning my my story, my life, and and it has allowed me to be a much better friend, and it's allowed me to have compassion for the ones that have left, and compassion for the ones mm-hmm. that have done you know stupid bitchy things, or compassion for the ones that can't hang or compassion for the ones that, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just like changed my story. It's like, I'm in control, you know, I'm in control. Mm -hmm. I have great friendships and I'm in control. And so, yeah. And then the last part coming out online, um, you know, I wasn't like talking about it online. And then, you know, I've I've talked about this before. I, I, you know, a long time after I had the anonymous blog and then in when Philip Seymour Hoffman died in February of 2014 and I had just stopped smoking pot and cigarettes and I had just quit my job. I, um, I posted not to like, it wasn't like I was hiding that I had stopped drinking. I think I had, I had been, Oh no, I hadn't because I'd been posting like when I, I got this tat, I got a tattoo on my arm and I posted what it meant. And I said, I'm 60 days sober today or I'm 90 days sober today, or I'm, however many days, you know, I was very, I broadcasted it and I was, it wasn't like I was hiding it from online, but right. the difference here was I wasn't broadcasting why or how bad it was. And I think, you know, for me, my, my coming out online was, um, was, a, was like a big, big bomb because I, when Philip Seymour Hoffman died, I, and I started reading about all of the, you know, the same shit that people, like the People magazine spread that, you know, starts to go in and pick apart what happens to a person and, and that they were just obsessed and that it's just was their fate. And, um, I started to see all of the, uh, just the, the ignorance and that surrounds what addiction looks like. And I felt like I hadn't really done my job of saying, no, 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 it looks like this too. And, um, and I hadn't really talked about what, you know, kind of the nasty parts look like. And so it also, and, and, and just hadn't really talked about it from somebody who'd suffered from its uh, perspective. And so I wrote a long piece on my anonymous blog about that. And then I, I, you know, it got post, I sent it around to like Gabrielle Glazer, who's a, an author and Jane Sarasong Khan, who's a healthcare economist who has a 20,000 Twitter following and Deborah, you know, I sent it around yeah. to my friends that were networked and they dropped it and linked it to my LinkedIn profile and it went up on my LinkedIn and it went up on my, and I posted it to my Facebook. And so, um, you know, I had kind of told people I'd stopped and whatever, but like this whole thing, this whole online thing was, was, um, it was, a it was essentially a, um, it was like, it was massive. I mean, my, I had an ex-boyfriend call me and was, and he told me how he got it, which was, he got it from, a woman I worked with at Deloitte who passed it to a partner I worked with at Deloitte who sent it to, you know, who, who sent it to him. And 
he was like, everyone's talking about it, you know, and um, not like everyone was talking, but it was it was shocking to a large degree because I was like, this was how this was what it looked like. This is how gross it was. And coming out online was um, the probably the scariest thing that I did, but it was also the more the most empowering thing because that was the point where nobody had anything on me anymore. That was the point of like actually being so firmly in my story of like where I had been, who I was, and what was going on in my life. That was the point of not giving a fuck for me. And so coming out online, yeah. and especially coming out online in the way that I did, was the point of um, you know because there was I was I had a list had a list going of companies I wanted to work for. It was a long, really great list and I was you know I was working with the CEO of my company to kind of figure out where I would go next and a couple other people and I was like well there goes that you know I mean I just like I threw I tore the piece of paper out and I threw it away you know because there was no fucking way after writing about that that I expected to get a job at any one of these places and so that's so crazy which I'm sure I would you know what I mean in retrospect now I'm sure I get I I I mean you know I've and knowing and talking to people I've talked to and networking with people I have I, you know, I don't fear, I, well, I wouldn't want those jobs anyways, but I don't, but I just remember at that point, it was um, coming out online and that degree was kind of the moment of going, well, this is out there. Yeah. And this will be, you know, and this will be linked to, you know what I mean? And every job I ever take from now on and everything I ever do from now on, I have to assume that these people know that they'll that read it. Binger and perjure and that I, you know, is a pothead and that I, you know, how many cigarettes I smoked and and how much I drank and and that was and not and that I drank while I worked you know and so um that was you know that was kind of like the that was the point of not being afraid anymore like not not being afraid but like I really I guess you know like Janis Joplin you know like freedom comes from having nothing left to lose I was that was the point of freedom yeah totally you know it's so liberating because I feel like it's, it's, and you know, not everybody needs to come out. Obviously it's totally an individual choice a hundred percent. And I, and I believe that. And there is something to not having for me, not having a split mind anymore about it or like my insides didn't match my outsides or I was presenting all these different personas. Like I was so exhausted by doing that that I just wanted it to be all out. And I think that's what you mean by being free is you're just one person. You know, this is, this is where you are. And I I did have someone say to me, aren't you worried? Like when you go look for another job that they're going to read that. And I was like, "Uh, no, I mean, maybe I should be, but I'm not, you know, there was a bit of naivety about it and I'm, I'm grateful for it because if I would have thought through every possible negative outcome of me, saying that, you know, like I probably wouldn't have done it, but I didn't. And I didn't. And I also, I thought about it enough to say, I don't, I don't give a fuck. You know, yes. Every person that I potentially date from here on out could read that. And same for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. which um, is great. <laughs> well, it, you know what? I actually, it, it, it is great. I don't, I, it's not for everybody, but it, and it, you know, it's for me. And I think the, 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 uh, uh, I don't know. I'm going to get into another topic if I keep going, but I think that that's an awesome place to like wrap it up. I think the, the takeaway is like, this is a very personal journey that everybody, you know, I, what I think we're always trying to do on these talks is to expose some part of 
are stories that people might identify with. Yeah. Or at least I think, and also just, or give you the, you know, the, or give people, not you, give, give, you know, give individuals the, the understanding that it's individual. Right? Yeah. And that you and I are just the smallest, tiniest, you know, we're, we're two out of 7 billion people, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's it, you know, and like, it's just, this was what it looked like for me. This is what it looked like for you. And it doesn't, because it looked my way, it doesn't negate, you know, we're both sitting here today, you know, and on the same place, we're both sitting here today talking about the same thing with a lot of the same experiences, but you know, our paths are so different and it's, and that's the point, which is that guess what? You can hide this for as long as you fucking want. You never have to tell a soul. You can tell people any way you want, any how you want, any medium you want. And as long as it works for you at the time, then that's great. And you also get to change your mind as you go along. I came out at first and was like, I don't want to drink. I'm done. And the second time I came out and I said, I'm an alcoholic. And today I'm not an alcoholic. And guess what? all of it's perfect. And for you, yeah. you know, you've done it in exactly the right way in the exact right time. You talked about your struggles live, you know, and which is something that to me was just, it's just beyond, you know, when it comes to drinking, I just like, you know, we do like, we all have things that work for us for reasons that are just so personal and that's it. And that's it. And you get to like, everyone gets to have their own way. Yes. No yes. Way. So yes. Anyway. So yeah. So we'll do a separate small episode that's just advice on how to come out sober maybe like it'll be a special release or maybe it'll be next week so that um i don't know we'll see yeah yeah okay is there anything else no that was awesome and fun yeah it was so fun i could talk about this for days Mm -hmm. and it's so funny like this is gonna be forever this will be long but i just feel like oh my god so much that was left off the table so yeah yeah me too always now I'm gonna get up and go get my daughter and make brownies and oh I'm gonna make pumpkin bread and I don't bake you normally bake neither do I no (laughs) and if you can call it I'm making air quotes baking (laughs) if you can call dumping things in a bot from a box and adding some eggs and it oil baking then I totally bake all right. Well, I, I, I'm going to do the same thing. I, I bought a pretty mix. Um, I'll text you a picture of mine if you text me a picture of yours and we can share. Okay. All right. So, um, until later. Bye. I missed you, by the way. I know. Miss you too. All right. Bye. Humanly instead of robotically.